0: This is Tommy Stewart, and you're now listening to Northern California's number one soccer-specific podcast.
1: What's going on, Sacramento soccer fans, and welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC podcast, powered by Reboot and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is John and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Luis. Luis, how are you doing
2: today? I'm doing good. It's a good Saturday morning here and you know super excited to see, you know, the world of soccer coming back and whatnot too, and especially you know the US toll announcement. It's always great to have a date in mind and whatnot. So, you know, super stoked to, to see that coming back. How about you? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited
1: that uh that July date Keeps getting closer and closer and we can we are getting soccer. That's all that matters. As we were talking about with our guests. Um we're seeing more and more as we go. La Liga is coming back. We have Serie A. Um Liga Mekis for you, Luis. So there's a lot coming back, man.
2: Yeah, excited.
1: Yeah. But we don't have to worry about the Scottish Premier League because uh Celtic has already won number nine. I'll take that and
2: we'll uh we'll be happy as can be, right? Yeah, no, just looking forward to the next season, right? When when that comes about, probably August. Number 10.
1: Winning number 10. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go.
2: The 10th. Cool. So today we have the privilege to speak with a player we are all familiar with in Sacramento. He started playing for Linfield FC and spent a couple of years playing in the UK before arriving with the Boys in Red to be a part of the first team in the history of our club. He scored 22 goals in 47 appearances for the Republic. And one of those goals actually happened in our championship game. Joining us via the Mikuni Dreamline is Tommy Stewart. Tommy, how are you doing today? Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, it's a cold, wet,
0: miserable day in Northern Ireland, but it's made all the better with you guys now.
1: Is it ever sunny in Ireland?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Once in a blue moon it is, yeah. But no, we, we, we've we actually been pretty fortunate during the, the quarantine that um, there's been good weather, but unfortunately as well, that's probably our summer, being and gone. Sounds about right. Pretty much. Pretty much. But stand safe and that's the main thing.
1: Yeah. So uh Tommy, you grew up in Ireland. Um obviously it's a it's a soccer culture, um, with some other scattering of rugby and and cricket. But how did you fall in love uh, for the game of soccer or football as it's as it's well known?
0: Yeah, um ever since I was a kid. I just remember just being attached to to football. You know, it would have been one of those things. Uh, for family had gone for a walk, and they uh, we had a ball it just it was just some one of those sports I gravitated toward um and then just probably i obviously growing up with two brothers as well, uh, similar ages, we would have been playing football with them, and then our friends or my dad um you know would have played along or even my mom in the park we just all would have kicked the ball about and then um, and then all of a sudden that goes to schools um scouts. You're playing football just kind of everywhere. And I fell in love with the game pretty early on. I think, to be honest, um, I kind of understood the game early on as well. Uh, You know, I really took a notion to really try and grasp, oh, what does this mean? What is this rule? And just fell in love with the game, you know, from an early age. And it was my passion, to be honest, you know. Um, Other people around me as well were good footballers too, but they didn't have the the same passion maybe as I did. And it, it stuck with me and it was something... From an early age, I thought, I'd love to, to do this for a career. And thankfully, I have done that.
2: So uh, the year 2005 came about and, you know, you got to do something that, you know, I think most footballers, you know, dream of is represent their home country in a championship too. Um, you know, you got to play the U-19 championship. Can you tell us what was it like to represent your country in that tournament and also score in the campaign against the pretty stacked German side?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Again, always believed in myself as a kid. Unfortunately, from Northern Ireland, you're maybe limited with opportunities and obviously you you get into the game at 15, 16, which is late compared to a lot of other European players. But other players, like for example, we're watching the, the Dortmund game, all of us, and it's all those German teams kind of like have professional uh, connections from seven, eight, nine, ten years old. So you're kind of six or seven years almost behind in the country we're in. But um, I took opportunities and, you know, obviously believed in myself and it was great to have played for my national team um, at any level. Um, so, yeah, absolutely fantastic to represent them. I was able to, you know, score a few goals for my country, Um captain my side at different occasions. And like you just said, and I, the, the goal that you're actually referring to was against Manuel Neuer. Uh, so it was. So it was just nice, nice, you know, feeling to have done that. But obviously, um, those guys have gone on to, you know, big time stuff. But again, I've loved every every minute of football and uh, the opportunities given me and players to play against, and I've learned so much.
1: And not only did you score against Manuel Neuer, it's, it was also the only goal you guys scored during the tournament. So that had to have had some um, some special meaning behind it as well.
0: It definitely did because uh, it, it, that tournament we actually. I believed in our our team to do well. We were definitely underdogs, but we still had a good team. And the first game we played was against Greece. And I actually scored a goal and it was disallowed. They said it wasn't over the line, but it was over the line and there was photo evidence. But at the time, nobody has VAR. It just goes on the referee's decision. And unfortunately, then we drew that game Mm -hmm. 0-0, which would have put us in a nice position going into the England game next. So, um. We were a bit unlucky, so we were just not getting the rub of the green. And then uh, we were primarily a defensive team, trying to counter attack. So we knew we knew we were up against it, but we were good with our game plan. And then obviously coming against the German team, who were full of kind of you know the next level superstars coming out, you know. But um they were very very good. But we put up a good performance against them, and we didn't again get the luck of the green. We gave away a stupid goal. Um, couple of half chances, one over the bar, one myself maybe I missed and then it just felt like it wasn't going to be and it was just, when you say a consolation goal, it held more weight because we deserved more from the competition but for me it was just a nice um, personal accolade, although it's a team performance, for me being a striker and getting the goal disallowed in the first game, it was nice and nice to score against Manuel Neuer and and to see him go on and, and do so well in his career as well.
1: You can always hold that, right? I scored against—I scored against maybe the number two goalkeeper in the world, or at, at number one at any point. He's always, always between those conversations.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, there's been a couple of a big, big name goalkeepers I scored against. And during my youth, a uh, Casper Schmeichel was another one. So, and um, definitely things like that. You know, I think some somewhere along the line, you know, I think maybe, you know, there were, there was more in the game for me across the water, but maybe just didn't get the those opportunities and the wee breakthroughs that I needed or um, at the time I fully believe it just needed a little bit more development because you know my physical strength maybe wasn't as, as um, what it maybe needed to be there the way my team who was Wolverhampton Wonders we were a big strong physical team trying to compete in the championship and we played a certain way and then the next manager came in was looking for all technical ability. so somewhere along the line I would have fitted into one of those teams if it had a little bit more development but again that's neither here nor there. I learned so much and um, fully enjoyed my time.
1: Yeah, the Wolves team that you're referring to is very similar, to, or what you would have been in. Think about how they're playing now. You would have, you would have been perfect in that role. Um, now,
0: I believe so. I believe um I'm a very versatile player. I'm a both two-footed player, so any of the three positions up front, you know, because primarily a lot of teams play that four-three-three formation, which suits me. And you know, defensively, I'm good too. You know, I'm a hard worker. Um, so you could put me in the left and the right and it's, you could slot into a 4-5-1 uh, formation whenever you're under the, um, you know, the counter attack or whatever it may be. So uh, any one of those positions, yeah. But we always played with like, we played then a 4-5-1 and it was like a target man, big, strong physical presence who would have just led the ball off. Didn't really have to worry too much about the defensive duties or it was just like strength, whole boys off and um, wind flick on. So, um, yeah, again, I just fell under that little the generation kind of twist in football, you know. And then I fully believe that once I'd come out of that, it looked to maybe a lot of other teams. Oh, Tommy Stewart's had his chance, you know. He didn't cut it, you know. Tommy Stewart's, you know, been in the Premier League team but didn't cut it. So you know, we'll not get that opportunity. And then you have the the wealthy teams that can pay four or five, six million for a kid without worrying about any cost. So you get lost in in transition a little bit with football along the way, but. For me the most important thing was believing in myself sticking at it and taking big opportunities along the way and um the one of the biggest opportunities was whenever i came out of shamrock rovers to, to um go to sacramento i had my now northern ireland manager telling me not to do it actually and i was on the fringes of the northern ireland team and you know it might work out for me to be an international player if i if that is dead so i Didn't really view it. I viewed it as go for opportunity. What's going to be the best for Thomas Stewart? And I fully did, and absolutely no regrets. Absolutely loved my time in Sacramento. Um, Made so many friends off the field. It went so much
1: further than just football, you know. And that, that for me, I hadn't really done that at another club. What was it like to spend? I mean, you started off in the youth academy at Wolves. Um, What were those three years like before you know moving on to Shamrock or Linfield? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: brilliant, brilliant years, brilliant learning years because you're, you're training with the the first team day in, day out, you know, traveling the games. I was waiting for my breakthrough. I played so, uh, so many preseason games, I was scoring and you just kind of just waiting for someone just to put you out in the field. You know, you're just waiting for your opportunity. It just, it feels like a conveyor belt where you're just going to be the next on the line. And then all of a sudden a different manager comes in, has a different opinion Um but I learned so much there and it was just great to have been affiliated with a Premier League club, a championship club and a team that's well respected, you know, around the globe, really. And um, yeah, just, just good good starting football for your football kind of knowledge and understanding. And uh, Again, I would have loved to have played a lot more. I, a lot, I would have loved to have made my debut at Molyneux in the first team, but it wasn't to be, but I have so many good memories.
2: So as you mentioned, you know you got you got the chance to play for Shamrock Robbers, which you know they're, they're arguably one of the most well-known teams in in Ireland. What what was it like to play for them?
0: Again, an, another opportunity to play football in Ireland. That was they're trying to play the right way. They're a club that has it's in Dublin City, so they have a lot of fans. Um, a club that wants to go places. So a club that doesn't want to just say, okay, we're Primarily on a on a on an island that would uh, have a couple of players and then send them off to a different league. No, we actually want to make a statement here, try and qualify for Europe, try and do well, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Thankfully, we had a Michael O'Neill who was in charge, and he really set down the ground rules. And um, yeah, we we won the league pretty early on, um, which hadn't been won in sixteen years. Um, so it was it was great. Um, we had a great group of lads that really bought into the philosophy and really were hardworking lads and and humble guys too.
1: So during your time at uh, Shamrock, a club uh, Bohemian came in to to kind of I don't even know where they it's like they came from nowhere and they've kind of taken off in Ireland. What what's that been like um, to have you know Shamrock and um, Bohemian both fighting for players and and growing the soccer culture in Ireland.
0: Yeah, you know, Bohemians are a big club. They obviously for a few years went quiet. Um, they were really big um, six, seven years ago. But uh, I kind of think the pendulum swung a little bit towards um, Shamrock Rovers. Um, Bohemians were dominating for a long time and then Shamrock Rovers were. And now they're both kind of like pushing each other, which is great. Great for the city because they're both Dublin-based. Great for the fans. Uh, great for people watching on TV. And just great in general because you're guaranteed one of those teams will go into europe as well and that it's it's a great financial reward for some of those players who deserve it
1: it reminds me a lot of uh, the celtic ranger dynamic in scotland um you know understanding that culture and the dynamic it's uh it's interesting to to see it because celtic you know obviously shamrock and celtic have have a have a relationship with with everything that they've done but bohemian kind of plays the role of rangers for me i think
0: yeah, it's 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 a rivalry. It's a great rivalry, and and every I think every city wants that. To be honest, you know, um, same same for Sacramento. You know, they want the rivalry. It's it's great. Our our rivals were LA, and you could tell the kind of tension you know there was between it, and just it just makes for a better game. Uh, the anticipation for the players as well, and that's one thing I experienced as well. And time in Hamrock over, was um, fans come early? Fans come to the game. It it just stirs up something within you as a player as well you don't want to let anybody down um and it can be crushing if you lose that game yeah
1: so during your time with shamrock you actually uh you you got to play in europa and you scored a game winner and it got you guys to play juventus what was that experience like to be able to play against uh the the that team that during that time especially if i'm not mistaken they had they had some uh, really good stout defenders uh, on that team
0: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, those two defenders were World Cup winners and uh, <laughs> Bonucci and Cialini. So I actually have both their shirts from the home and away leg. So that's a, it's a great keepsake. Um, just again, it's it's one of those things you dream of as a kid. It was actually the first team I supported as a kid was Juventus because Serie I was on, on a TV station over here. And it would have been every Sunday. It was televised at 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock. You would have caught up on on. And this was even before match of the day. And it was earlier on. I could watch it because it was during the day TV. Um, And I just fell in love with that kind of um, the way they played. But um, I knew a lot about them growing up. And then all of a sudden, we had played a team in Israel the the game before. And then we were told, you play Juventus if you win this game. And the opposition uh, had an aggregate goal. So it was really... It was a tough, tough time because we were going out to Israel, which was just ridiculous heat. heat. Our team hadn't played him before. We knew we had to play on a counter. We knew we had to be disciplined. knew our backs were against the wall a little bit. And 70th minute came along. And I can recall it. It was phenomenal. And just um, the ball landed at my feet. and <laughs> I have hit that ball as hard and as low as I could to make sure that went on target number one. But... Seeing it hit the back and that just it gave me such joy. But the only thing that went through in my head is we're playing Juventus, we're playing Juventus, we're going to play Juventus. But it was 20 minutes going on another 90 minutes during that game. That's how it felt. So the final whistle came and it was just celebrations. Um, we had a night out in Israel and it was um, just brilliant, just great memories to, as a player, as a team. And then we didn't really see. Um, there weren't too many shamrock overs fans just because it's just a long way it's five or six hour flight and um, we, we had a good support maybe 100 people but um you know come, come back to back home they're all watching in a hotel and uh, i i didn't see the footage until later on and i saw it, as soon as my goal went in the whole, whole hotel jumping up and dancing and it was just it blew me away and just there are special moments as a player because it's not every day you get to play juventus and and we made the most of it and um, yeah, it was, it was it was an absolute pleasure to play against some of those massive, massive names in football. It
1: really was. So those last twenty minutes uh, of of the match in Israel, that was the first time you've ever played centre back. I'm assuming.
0: Oh, I was every defensive position you could find me in. I actually um, my my top, you could wring it out and I like, squeeze it, and just water was dripping out of it. That's I've never sweated as much in my life, but obviously the heat as well. But I don't think I've run as much in my life as well. Um, it just held so much weight and it would have it would have really, really hurt me if I I can't imagine of not playing Juventus. I I can't imagine what those the the Israel team must have felt, you know, the next day, that night, the next two weeks watching us play Juventus the next year. It was just I, I just can't not couldn't not have played Juventus. That's how much it meant to me. And scoring that goal just was everything really was.
2: Well, it, it was really well worth it and yeah I mean it's it's not every day that you get to play against you know one of the top teams in Italy too so oh, that was that was great. So you know let's talk some Sacramento Republic. Uh, I know earlier you gave us a, a little teaser on on how the, the move you know may have happened, may have not happened to. Can you tell us more about how you made the move to Sacramento and what were some of those roadblocks that you were talking about earlier? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first roadblock has to be. I was sitting on a beach in Tenerife
0: enjoying a cocktail when I got an email coming through, and I didn't quite believe what was coming through. And it was just, I was like, California? What? I was like, I only knew LA, obviously San Jose. I knew all the other teams um, around the league, but California was like, oh, I didn't really know too many other teams apart from those two. It wasn't an MLS team. Um, I, I really didn't have too much knowledge on on what was going on but not even that. I didn't know what their project was at the time and uh, Decided to look into it as anybody would um, weigh up your options um, I think it was a couple of weeks later or when I got home from Tenerife, I spoke to the general manager uh, Graham Smith and He said, you know, really really want to get to the player. This is these are the plans. This is happening. We're cracking we're as a coach Again, I wasn't very familiar with too much of those, those guys, but I quickly looked them up and was very impressed and um I, it's just the biggest kind of um chance you're taking is a team that's never established or kicked the ball. So it's difficult as a player and I, I kind of felt at that time I was breaking onto the kind of playing in those Europe playing games. I was my next step would have been to hopefully then hit international a uh, first team level. Um so that was that was the biggest kind of decision i had to make but the more and more i thought about it the more and more i was swaying towards sacramento and the more i was thinking you know this this could be a great opportunity if it doesn't work out for whatever reason you know i can always fly home and and i'll not have lost too much time but at the same time i was really i've always thought i always want to play in one country to really make a difference i complete like uk football's primarily the same i thought to myself you know if i go to america you know what could they I can bring my experience that I have already. Um, I can taste what it's like, the culture, you know, different um, way of playing football out there a little bit um, and try and establish that. But ultimately, go out there and try and win something and say, you know what, I, I've won quite a lot in my career, but if I go out there and win something, that would that'd be amazing, you know, and, you know, it's a team that started up, you know, if you go and win something um, straight away or, or fairly soon, then people will go, flip, you know, he came, gave it his all. You know, re- respected um, our, our values as a club, what we wanted to do. Um, you know, give it his all, and he uh, respected our community. And that's exactly what I am, or who I am, anyway, as a person. You know, if I put myself or my name to something, it's, it's always just given a hundred, hundred percent. And um, I remember the flight across, um, and I just was, I was, I said to myself. I'm going to win something in the first year didn't really know what that what it was going to win but um that that's the attitude i have and i've never really been in a team that's never competed for something there's been a couple of times there was one team a part of pistol i was with and we finished fourth or fifth but we didn't really have a goal at the start of season to go and win something and i promised myself that would never happen to me again and every other team i've been in was you know we were always pushing to win or if we have if we didn't win, we were runners up or we would have been in the cup final or or something you know challenging for some trophy. So for the first year to have gone exceeded my expectations I and mean, certainly challenging maybe so soon, but the fans and the community just made it made it made you need to do something straight away, you know.
1: Well, as we had talked about earlier, um, you know, you scored a goal in that championship game. The the vision you had of winning the championship, and obviously, it's your it's probably your second best goal because you you scored to get your get your team to play Juventus. But can you kind of give us an idea of what it was like to know that it, you hit that that cap that that final that final goal to secure the championship? A.
0: Hey. All sorts of emotions, honestly. Um, as soon as I, I scored, even though there might have been a few minutes left, it was just game over. And you could just kind of enjoy the last couple of minutes of the game. You just knew the opposition were deflated. Um, they had nothing left in their tank where we were still pressing and, and going, you know, and we probably could have even scored another one. But uh, just... Can completely solidify the fact why I made that move to Sacramento. Um, it gave me that opportunity just just to let it all sink in and just go, yeah, that's why I did this. You know, I promised myself the day, give my best out here. I did. Um, the only regret I have is we didn't win more. You know, for me, for me, winning that as well. You know, my family actually flew out to the to Sacramento to to watch the game, and it was just great having them because probably part of them and truthfully they they were like, Are you sure you're doing the right thing going out Because they didn't know anything about America, you know, and, and obviously the chance of maybe playing international football. So, um, it just really kind of just made everything feel great, you know, I knew it was the right move all along and when you when you win something a special with a special team like that and a special community and I remember saying up one of the interviews and I have a tape of it just saying Sacramento with the, the ability to go on and do so much more. It's a great community, um, and I'm just so glad they have been a part of it.
2: Yeah, well, we're we're glad that you know you were part of the team, and and yeah, no, I mean we were we were close. You know, we we've made the playoffs every single year since then, so yeah. we we're closer. You know, I have faith that you know we'll we'll get another title here, hopefully in the next two seasons, because that's all we have of USL um if they don't extend it because of all the things going on, but. Yeah, it's it's really great, you know, to see that we always have competitive teams making it to the playoffs. So maybe we need you back to actually win it.
0: <laughs> maybe no. I, I in in all seriousness, I think the teams lacking a little bit of experience, and that's not just uh, me. I, I fully believe myself to to still be there, still scoring goals and and helping. But uh, I do believe they're they're missing a wee bit of experience, and um, you know, there's only a couple of years left before the transition into the MLS. So it would be lovely to see them win one more. Who knows? They might win the last one, but i certainly feel i i i I still could do a job you know so it's not it's not you know i still feel 27 28 you know fitness wise i'm I'm in good shape but again that's down to to the management and stuff like that so um that's not my decision
2: yeah well maybe we can have you back at sacramento you know we we know we have you down as a free agent uh, so that that might work out right or what what are your uh, future plans
0: yeah, well, uh, as I say, I'm a free agent, obviously, coming off the back of a league win, so um, I think I've been the most successful player uh, since leaving uh, Sacramento, since the two, four, 2014, I think, of four or five different uh, trophies to my name since that. So, um, you know, there's, and I've been competing in other things, there's been a few runners-up medals along the way. So, um, yeah, I, you know, my professionalism, my dedication to this sport will, will never change you know you the older you get you know the the smarter you have to be with looking after your body and uh you know your fitness and and trying to adapt to to certain things um i try and learn along the way so that's one of the things uh, i've done is my uefa a license so i've really focused in on that trying to learn off some of the managers i've uh, played with and played under during my time so delighted to have that done so that could be something um i could come back for in the future with, with sacramento or, or california or whatever it may be would be to to coach but i uh, have a great affiliation and a uh, rapport with sacramento so that would be somewhere i would uh, definitely favor
1: any cool stories about uh your a license did you get to participate in the a license with any uh top class players yeah yeah loads
0: um uh, lo- there's a few there that i, I played with as well a uh, julian Lescott. Um, was there, um, he was a friend of mine at Wolverhampton Wonders, always had a illustrious career, um, you had Stephen Pienaar, a, a Ricardo Carvalho who won obviously the Champions League, and Thiago uh, another Champions League winner who was at Chelsea so I got to meet all those ones, coach with them play alongside them uh, you had Dave's Bruce son um, just forgotten his name uh, he was at Hull City and they, there was a wealth of professionals there and it was just just brilliant Um, you had some of the Northern Ireland team as well Um, trying to think who else was there oh um, oh Ted for America I've just forgotten his name Dreadlocks a centre midfielder oh my goodness he was something for a while Um, Jermaine Jones Jermaine Jones Jermaine Jones yeah yeah. so he was there so a wealth of experience a wealth of uh, knowledge in the game
1: was there Great. do you do you find that when you're in those small sided games or even those 11 asides do you find yourself like competing but also learning more and say to yourself oh i can keep playing as you're you know soaking in information from these guys who, who've who played along you or played at you know in those finals
0: definitely absolutely both um uh when you're playing alongside them, you kind of feel like oh, i could have done or i went you know i could still play or i could have played at a higher level or whatever it may be and there are so many fine lines between between footballers kind of making it or, you know, playing at a staying in the game at maybe playing at a bit of a lower level. But um, there's certainly, you know I've I played in those um I've played in games, obviously Juventus, you know, I played in Europe, I've played Champions League, Youth League and uh, I've always competed. So you're always playing against players of a good calibre. And, you know, they're just doing it week in, week out at a different level, but at the same time, you know, when you're doing it there's not, not much different. It's just um People, players keep it simple, pass it, and it's their mentality, I think. It's just really, you know, when you're good players around you, you're always going to excel or, or do a little bit better. So that's another big thing. But, um, yeah, you learn so much off them. And, and they, I think the, the biggest thing for me is players don't try and complicate it. You know, managers don't really want to complicate it. And the more overload of information you give a player, to be honest, it's not really it's not really worth anything. You know, it's, it's a bit silly to, to do that because it's, a player comes on the pitch really comes down to, you know, instinct, you know, and, and the first thought or the first thing to say is kind of how you got to play it. Because if someone presses you really quickly, you've got to sort of land the ball pretty quickly, you know, so um you've got to be decisive. So overload of information is, is probably a wrong way to go.
1: That's cool. That's uh, it's interesting to know. I, I, I have a couple other uh, friends, and we've had people on the pod who who have done a license, and it's just cool to hear the stories by who they yeah. were with. Uh, one instance they had Zivan. and so it was like, oh, well, yeah. you learning from Z- Zizu. So that's cool. Um, well, let's uh, let's move on. We're gonna do rapid fire, and here's how this works, Tommy. It's uh, we have ten questions. They can range from just uh, silly questions to favorite memories. Uh, there's 10 of them. You can pass on two, but you won't know the next one until you answer it. So we're going we're gonna to ask those questions and get okay. started. So it's kind of a hot seat. Um, okay. Today, Rapid Fire is brought to you by New Glory Beer. Check them out at newglorybeer.com or visit one of their locations in Sacramento or Granite Bay today for some great beer and awesome dishes. Luis, uh, go ahead and start us off with number one, even though we've already gotten the answer, but we'll ask it again.
2: Um, what has been the, uh, your favorite goal that you've scored? Well,
0: th- it was your guys said, my favorite goal has to be Sacramento. You guys said to me, the one, the one I scored against uh, to, to way up Juventus was phenomenal, but I think I just really do feel, and I'm sorry, this is a quick round, but I have to explain this to you. It just, just, it just put everything in perspective for me. Everything I um, wanted out of America and it happened. You know, It just, it just made sense. It all made sense.
1: What championship was more memorable for you, the 2014 Sacramento or the back-to-back with Linfield? 2014 Sacramento.
2: Who was the favorite gaffer you played for, and why? Ooh, Michael Neale,
0: the Northern Ireland manager, just because um, we won under him, and um, we just just had one of those um, good relationships as a, a manager player, understood, respected. Um, you know, you went to play me as a striker, you when to play me as
1: a left winger. And just had a good relationship with each other. Most embarrassing soccer moment.
0: I don't really know if I have too many. A, probably just bad celebrations along the way somewhere. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Were they based on like FIFA? Like some players try to do some FIFA celebrations?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it probably was. I think I did one with Emra and uh, I kind of liked it to be honest. It was, a, it was a copy of Roy McElroy hitting the golf swing and someone made a gif out of it after. So. Um, to be honest, it uh, didn't embarrass me that much. Just I, I wish i would have done a bit more of that one, but yeah, I probably have a few dodgy celebrations along the way.
2: Cool. Uh, this one we probably know the answer of, but we still have it here. But what, what's your favorite Republic memory?
0: Um, I have two. I have two. The favorite one is obviously the championship, uh, the win. Obviously, just my family in the crowd made it so special. The community just thrived on it. Um, the other one has to be. Whenever we were told there were maybe two or 3,000 fans going uh, and we were going to Sac City College to play our first game, actually coincidentally against Harrisburg, we went over the little hill and uh, just thousands of people swarmed around the college. And it was just like, wow, we're like, you know, onto something. Hey, this is amazing. People were in their Sacramento tops already. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. It was amazing.
1: What did you grow up uh, wanting to build your game like? uh you know Ireland there's there's a lot of uh professional players Roy Keane Robbie Keane who did you uh who did you grow up wanting to to be like yeah you mentioned just
0: great players but um obviously a, I, I kind of saw myself as a flair player but I, I was always a big fan and, and in World Cups especially I think the team I fell in love with early on were Holland and um, and just the the bright orange color um stood out but Dennis Bergkamp was always someone I, I would have had a top with Bergkamp on the back. And I just liked the fact that people call him a striker, but he wasn't just a striker. And, and that's how I find myself as well. Not saying Bergkamp, but I wasn't just a natural goal scorer. I linked up the play or I was able to assist and I was versatile um, and two-footed player. And that was, that was one of my favorite players growing up.
2: What team do you find yourself supporting these days?
0: <laughs> Manchester United, even though they're still a... They're still trying to make their way back.
1: I didn't pay him to say that either. So (laughs) those are, that's my, that's my, I'm a, I'm a Celtic and and Manchester guy. So uh, most people who are Celtic supporters are Liverpool fans, but I loved it. I grew up, I grew up with Eric Cantona. And and so,
0: Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Eric Cantona, (laughs) I, another player that was a big, one of ours, George Best, obviously being from Northern Ireland, but um he completely limited his career just, just to off the field stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so question for you now in Sacramento, it's changed since you've been here, you know, obviously LA, uh, was the team that you guys would, would have a rivalry with. And now we have Reno, um, not too far, about an hour and a half drive up the hill, but, um, who would you kiss the crest of Bohemian FC or Reno? That's
0: unfair. That's really unfair. Oh, I'd
1: have to go Reno.
0: Just, I it would, it would be awful in Dublin. <laughs> It'd be awful. <laughs> At least I could hide in the woods in Reno or something, or the casino.
1: <laughs> there you go. I like that idea. Just go hide the casino, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Um, w- which of these two moments was your uh, more memorable moment, playing in the group stages of Europa League or the playoff for a Champions League spot?
0: Hey, well, the playoff for the Champions League spot for me was extraordinary because um, I'm about to play for play against juventus and just it just held so much weight it was something that i wanted and um again it was the start of success it wasn't um i think that's that's a big thing you know you can't just jump into something and go oh we're going to qualify or do this or do that but for me it's uh, the process the journey along the way sometimes better than the that other people think it's it's way bigger or better and that that kind of you know we we um we set the bar, that team, and set the standards for anybody else that came through the club.
1: You're a manager of a team. You, you have an unlimited uh, kit to uh, pay for players. What four players from any time in the history of the game are you bringing in to build your team around?
0: Love it. Uh, Dennis Bergkamp, George Best, I'd uh, get him fit. <laughs> and uh, Leo Messi. And wait, I, I want to say Ronaldo, I really, really do. But i've got to have a defensive a player too so probably um carlos Puyol. but i, I could definitely have a, i could definitely choose a different four as well but it's, it's, i'd obviously need a center back
1: as well in there okay fair enough but, see i would have taken but, out the center back and i would have brought in Egger david
0: just oh he's a good player he's a great player
2: there's
0: so so many there's so many players um you could choose from it. It's very hard. I think in my generation, the two best players are obviously Ronaldo and Messi. From what I've seen, you know, you go, you go back years. You've Dan as well. Um, even limited amount of players there. like Thierry Henry, class there in the Premier League. Um, you've so many options there. But I was trying to balance the team up a little bit there, just in case we get counterattacked.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. So we so uh, a- go ahead. So, so I have a quick question, and I think it's John's question probably too. When you were picking your team right now and you said Ronaldo, which Ronaldo were you uh talking about?
0: Well <clears throat> that again, another difficult, difficult decision. I absolutely loved the real Ronaldo, the first Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, but I think just I really you know, you have to you have to respect the rivalry and the competition between Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi because the two of them have brought the game to a different level. I don't believe you'll see two players playing for Real Madrid and Barcelona together actually competing the way they did, you know, and scoring so many goals. And I just think in my kind of era, that's kind of the two, they're the two most complete players, really. Set broken records, set records, break records, very hard. But the Ronaldo before that was absolutely phenomenal. You could argue that Ronaldo now would have been just again breaking record two or you could argue with if Cristiano be the same as that Ronaldo back then you don't know just because it changes mm-hmm. so much um but blessed to watch them both All Right.
1: so on on the podcast we we work with a company called Reboot Reboot is uh we, we get cleats um that we are donated to us and we we give back to kids who didn't have a chance or ch- uh, opportunity to play so our question tonight for Reboot um we've all had a moment in life that we've had to start over or correct ourselves like a golf mulligan. Can you share the moment you had to have a reboot, whether it was life, uh, sporting or even academic?
0: Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, number one, I would say for any, anybody that does listen to this or any young footballer girl or boy coming through is, um, you know, you're, you're ready when you're ready. You're not ready when, potentially a coach tells you you're ready or a coach says you're not this or you're not that you know keep going until um you're the best version of yourself you know and then then that way you'll excel so I think obviously one of the disappointments for me was being released from Wolverhampton Wanderers I thought you know that was going to be my starting point and you know maybe play another four or five years there you know break through the first team and so on but I got a bit of a blow. It was actually Glenn Hoddle told me, um, sorry, but we're not keeping you on. I didn't get on loan. And then he said, but make sure you stay in the game. You're more than good enough. And I just used that to to thrive on. And that wasn't like, when somebody tells you you weren't good enough for them, it it only meant they weren't ready to play you, really. It didn't mean anything else. You know, my contract was finishing. So um, unfortunately, these are difficult decisions I'll probably have to make as a coach at some point as well. But it doesn't mean the player's not good enough They're just not ready. Maybe they're in the moment. So, for me, that that was a big thing for me. Um, just really accepting. Okay, challenge accepted. You know, it's okay. I'll go back, learn my trade, play elsewhere, and build myself up again. Build myself up as a player. I felt so comfortable playing in that team. You know, even though I didn't uh, make the breakthrough. You know, I just maybe need a bit more help and guidance, and things would have been different. But um, believe in myself. So that that was a big thing. You know, the setback is a you know, it was a chance for you to push forward really again. Um I could look at different moments. You could look at a couple of injuries, things like that. You know, for me, anytime I had an injury, I made sure I went to the gym, did things, uh, recovered well, made sure I was stronger than I was when I first came back. And I think that's why, um, you know, I, I came back, you know, managers were quick to play me pretty much two or three weeks after my injury or whatever, if it had something because they were like, he's kept really well, he's kept active and he's better than some elements fitness-wise, even though he's been out maybe for three or four weeks or whatever it was. So, um I think the big thing is just try and stay positive and, and focused. Get a good, uh, get good people around you as well. You know, family's biggest thing; they're the ones that will really support you through thick and thin. So, um, for me, it's just trying to keep a positive mindset. Mentality is huge in, in any sport or walk of life, really. So, if you can change your your um, mindset, you know, and, and refocus, and you'll be on it. Right
2: yeah i think that that's really well well said there um so it's time for our last call two more questions and then you know we'll let you get back to not really enjoying the weather out there but you know just to go enjoy this this weekend here um first question we have is one of our favorite questions we like to ask here on the podcast but what does community mean to you
0: it's everything it's everything um I, I place where I live, um, Port of Down, Northern Ireland, it's uh, maybe thirty thousand people, I think, not too many. Um, but is what kind of um yeah, that's where you're born and raised, really. And, and it's kind of up to you to for us, our family, new people and you, you respect people, you learn your way, you learn your trade, I suppose. Um, for me, whenever I get the chance to put on a, a football jersey for for number one, um automatically kind of a role model to someone even even though you might not accept it or something but um the badge the crest means something to so many people that holds so much weight so again I, I bought into that early on you know i was always representing my my counties and then i was representing northern ireland which when other people look in they're going oh where's he from he's from port of Down. oh how does he conduct himself how does he do this <clears throat> excuse me things like that so you really you really there's a there's an extra added weight to it as well which is amazing and um, I always felt I, I represented myself in the my community well um, from schools right through. And um, again, fast forward to Sacramento, you know, I'm still representing my hometown. I'm representing my family. I'm representing Northern Ireland when I go out, when I put on that Jersey, you know, Stuart 10 on the back doesn't matter, you know, if, if the badge in the front doesn't matter. And um, for me, the biggest thing, again, like I said, in, in Sacramento, the community is fully behind it's so diverse but it's so together um and that that's one thing you know you could go on and on it takes a republic it really does and that that's that's the the beauty of football it brings so many people together we had uh, i believe i said it last week We've 14 maybe different nationalities in our football team and we end up winning the championship you know and um, some people go it's luck or this but we all bought into it we all respected each other we all respected each other's backgrounds we all stood shoulder to shoulder. We all fought for each other for one goal. So there's absolutely um you know credit to everybody on that team that was recruited and, and even when they were there, respected each other and you know, really worked hard on the pitch for each other on off the field off the field too it was hugely important for me when we were trying to grow the image of Sacramento Republic as well. It was going into schools, it was going into um coffee shops, to bars, to hospitals, disabilities um burn victim units, you know, things like that. And it it humbles you as a player as well. And it's so important to go football's not the be all and end all. AS yes, it is life. Um but it's not it's not bigger than than a person or the community and obviously you're going to thrive. For me, if things are good off the field, it's always going to be right on the field. So if you get your community right, you get that in order, you're you're already winning.
2: Yeah, community I think is, is definitely a big part, I think, of, of why the Republic has been so successful, really, oh. and we see it year over year, and it's it's amazing. You know, I think as a fan supporting a team like that, and I'm sure as a player too, being a part of a team that's so proactive in the community is, is just a really amazing thing.
0: Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal, and it's an absolute credit to Sacramento as well. And um, I'm delighted they took um, this Northern Irish guy under the wing as well when I was there. But um, the the respect is completely mutual. The love is, is mutual and, um, you know, I can't wait to, to come back someday and I'd love to work with the club again.
1: So talking about that and what you're up to, uh, how can people keep track of uh, Tommy Stewart and what's next in your journey as a player or manager?
0: Yeah, hey, well, obviously I'm on all social media. Hey, Tommy Stu, T-H-O-M-M-Y, don't ask why. <laughs> I never thought Instagram was going to take off. I never thought it was a thing and i have stuck with that name, so I just kept it on uh so yeah uh give me a follow give me a shout enjoy the podcast hopefully and again i i'll continue to play i'll continue you know i have a couple more things that i'd love to win a couple more trophies um i'll be out there i'll be keeping fit um doing my coaching preparing for that for the future and um, i would like to launch uh soccer academy soon um online so maybe i'll get a few clients from sacramento and i uh, i'll, I'll you know, continue working with whatever way I can help or develop anybody.
2: Yeah, that's great. It's a a really good time right now to, to start uh, something like that, especially now that we all have to be social distancing for the moment. So good, good idea.
0: Definitely. Definitely. No, it's a, I think it's a, it's one of those things that, and there there probably are a lot of people there a little bit bored or a little bit, you know, not getting the activity they want to, or maybe getting the, the advice from a coach or a mentor. And it's, I know i I could totally relate to people that maybe feel a bit stuffy or aren't getting the usual routine they're getting, and um it's nice to hear a different voice, so if I can uh, be that voice, then I'd be more than happy.
2: Well, Tommy, you know we want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. You know we hope to really have the opportunity to chat with you again, you know once soccer comes back to Sacramento, and you know again, hopefully we see you back with the Republic, whether as a player or as a manager
0: absolutely absolutely and uh, next time i might go grab a beer
2: i like that idea i like (laughs) that yeah Uh, john has some uh some new glory especially some uh, gummy worms right john that's that's right the the gummy worm (laughs) new glory well tommy thank you so much man enjoy uh enjoy the weather
1: hopefully it uh, gets bright and uh finish the rest of this dortmund game off
0: (laughs) yeah hopefully so enjoy your day guys thanks john thanks to this and i hopefully see you soon thanks sacramento cheers thank you brilliant guys like this
2: Today's guest was brought to you by the Mikuni Dreamline. All Mikuni restaurants are now open, but if you can't get there, it's still easy to get your favorite dishes using the Mikuni app. Please make sure to pre-order. And when you arrive, they will deliver your meal straight to your car. Visit them today at mikunisushi.com or download their app, available in the App Store or Google Play. And don't forget, you can find
1: us on social media uh, on our Facebook group. Uh, You can find a Facebook group, Sacramento Soccer Fans, where we cover all things Sacramento soccer. It's open for everybody. So take time. Tell us about what's going on in your soccer club, or even if you get news, breaking news for the Republic, like Jared uh, was able to provide us with the update on the league returning. We also have our own Facebook page for the Sacktown FC podcast, which is easy to find. And don't forget, to find us on Twitter and Instagram, easy enough at SacktownFC. Again, Twitter and Instagram at SacktownFC.
2: Also, we are now. Whoa, in whoa, 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 John. Whoa, whoa, John. i going to have to give you that yellow card. We've, this has been going on for a while. You're getting that yellow card. Sorry, man, but it's been, it's been on a repeat now. So, got to give you that yellow card because you are forgetting about our partners, California Storm and Reboot. You can find them at CalStormSoccer.com. On social media, you can find them under at CalStormSoccer on Instagram and Twitter. Also on Facebook, you can find them for under California Storm. So please check them out. Um, when their season comes back, please go out, support them. They play at Papa Murphy's Park as well. So, you know, we are all well familiar with that venue, of course. For Reboot, you can find them on their website, Reboot.Soccer. Yes, you heard that right. It's Reboot.Soccer soccer, really cool domain name. Um, you can also find them on Twitter and Instagram at you can reboot. So please check them out, learn more about what they do. And if you have an opportunity to get yourself a reboot box, so we can get some more boot donations, then please, please, please look into that because it's a really great cause. And, you know, the more we get, the more players you you are helping out really accomplish their dream of playing the sport that we all love to play and watch. And right now we, we are helping almost 200 kids
1: in the Sacramento area alone. So we will be having another bin drive here soon, but we uh, we are waiting until the, so we can, we can do a, a bigger festivity with maybe a clinic. Uh, we are available and now found on Twitch at Sactown FC for all of our live experiences with Xbox and PlayStation. You can find us playing FIFA or, in Luis's case, Fortnite. Um, that is on the Xbox, Sacktown FC. And then I am on the PlayStation playing FIFA 20. And then once uh, 2K Golf, PGA Golf comes out, I'll be playing that as well. That's Sactown underscore FC for the PlayStation. So make sure you check us out. Uh, if you send us a friend request, we'll, we'll get on there. And I think Luis might be going live today at some point to play against the Cooligans. You never know. Yeah.
2: You just never know when I'll go uh, live. And those games against the Kooligans, by the way, are, are really good. Um, with Christian, those games usually tend to be a little close-ended. With Alexis, uh, it's it's more of a easy win. I'll have to say it that way. <laughs> Less humble about that one. But um, yeah, with with Christian, you can always expect really close-ended games too. So if you guys want to watch games where you do not know who can win, watch the games I play against Christian. <laughs> So this podcast is powered by reboot reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out today at reboot.soccer, where you can find out more ways to be a part of the program and also help reboot your community today. So that's all we have for today's episode. A special thanks to
1: Tommy Stewart live from Ireland uh, for taking the time to join us today and to you for taking the time to listen to us. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get our podcasts. Give us some comments and check us out on our, our website to find past episodes at sacktownfc.com. You can also find articles of Soccer Pulse and some of the um, Sacktown and Mechies episodes that have been going on with Luis and Danny. Check us out today and until next time
2: cheers everybody thank you for supporting us everyone and have a great day